Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Good morning. Uh, Oh, I get a clap. I think that might be from my husband, so I don't know if it counts. I'm Leslie Garcia. I'm the operations pastor here at Humanity Church, and I'm going to be speaking to you this morning for, um, we're still in our passages series, so you only have to listen to me for like 12-ish minutes. But um, today I I wanted to just um, talk to you about something that's personal to me. Have you guys ever found yourself in a space where you're just curious, like you're wondering how you got there? Like, I'm not entirely sure how I got here. I love it when my screen goes black because, of course, I don't know this whole talk. But anyway, but it's not where you wanted to be. And you're like, where did I, you know, how did I get here? This question always reminds me of the Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime. Um, This might date me. But anyway, there's a verse in it that's like, you may ask yourself, where is my large automobile? Or you may tell yourself, is this my beautiful house? Or you may tell yourself, is this my beautiful wife? Because sometimes, like, we are in a situation when we're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, the reason they make songs like that, though, is because it's not just me who finds myself there. You also find yourself there. Um, I've, I honestly I will have to say that I found myself in spaces like this more times than I would care to admit to you on this stage, and especially since it's being taped. But one time that um, stands out to me very strongly was at the beginning of my marriage. Um, I had pretty fantastic ideas about what marriage was going to be, mostly based on unrealistic data. Um, And if you've ever met Juan and myself, you might have noticed that, I mean, I think if I said we're polar opposites, that wouldn't be an overstatement. Like, for instance, I might spend... 15 minutes figuring out what shoes to wear with an outfit, and he would spend those same 15 minutes figuring out how not to wear shoes. Or Juan has, like, big ideas, and I'm like, how are we going to actually do it? I'm practical. Um, he, I, he, I like everything. I was telling some of the people this morning, I like everything in order. If you come to my house and you touch something on the sink, I might move it when you leave. And Juan, like, leaves the knife on the mayonnaise jar and walks out for a long time. And we're just different. You know what I'm saying? And, but for me, I think I found, like, I thought marriage ended up, I was looking at all these things, and I'm like, this is less romantic than I imagined. You know what I mean? And, but I, I found myself becoming increasingly unhappy. And um, I was pretty sure that I had pinpointed the reason, and it was all Juan's fault. I mean, like, like there was no really other explanation that made sense to me. Because I, my thought kind of was like, doesn't he know that he's supposed to do everything the way I want, and I'm actually right about the way I want it? I just, it was, I didn't understand, but I was really unhappy, and um, I would say I was unhappy for a good year, and um, 
One day Juan just asks me, he's like, what's wrong with you? And I, I looked at him and I'm like, you don't make me happy. And I remember him looking very confused. And um, he's like, yeah, um, I can't make you happy. I'm like, what? Um, has you ha uh, have you ever seen a movie? Like, like, you're supposed to now get a boombox and stand outside the window and play my favorite. What do you mean you can't make me happy? But I felt like sucker punch. Like, I, he doesn't even know the rules. And, but then he, he goes on to say, like, you have to choose happiness. And, I, and he's like, I can't choose it for you. And I, I actually felt sick when he said that because I thought two things at the exact same time. He's a terrible person, and I think he's right. And um, yeah, I, I was like, this is my responsibility. And I wasn't so really more unhappy about that, to be honest. But that brings me to my verse for the day. And this verse is given, um, this is Moses speaking to the Israelites before they enter the promised land and before he dies, which he knows is probably gonna happen soon. It comes from Deuteronomy 30, and it's 15 to 20. It says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live in increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I to declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day, I call the heavens and the earth as a witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life. You like that hand movement? Anyway, so that you, will, you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses just sets out the, the, the choices super clearly. The Israelites have the choice of life and prosperity or death and destruction and there's not really a middle ground. So, we actually have the same choices. We're not different from the Israelites. I was choosing death and destruction, specifically the destruction of my marriage. Um, and I feel like it's kind of a risk to tell you that whole story, but I'm telling it to you because you guys do it too. You choose destruction in areas of your life all the time. Sorry. But these are choices that we all face in big or small ways, right? Some, the small decisions though are as important as the big ones because there, that's where the seeds are planted for the bigger decisions that are coming. Uh, there's this, this quote that I want to share from you by a guy named Walter Farrell. It says, the devil does not shock a saint into alertness by suggesting whooping crimes. He starts off with little, almost inoffensible things to which even the, most, even the heart of a saint would make only mild protest. Look, at very few of us are going to rob a, a bank at gunpoint. But... A lot of us, maybe all of us, would take advantage of a salesperson making a mistake in our, in our favor. 
And um, I would say that I don't think very many of us are gonna, gonna start a sex trafficking ring, but I think a lot of us probably look at porn or, or flirt with someone who we shouldn't be flirting with, I suspect. But, I mean, we, when, if we can learn to choose life when we're faced with the little decisions, the ones, you know, like the sales store one, then when the big things come up, we're more likely to choose life. I think too, like often when we're not choosing life, we don't think we're choosing death. I think for me, a lot of times it, I feel like, I, I spin it like this, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the life. Um, like for instance, uh, I'll fix this relationship when I think the conversation will go better. Or I'm gonna fix my finances when I get a better job and I'm making more money. My personal favorite, which I can coach you on if you want later, is um, I'll start making healthy eating and exercise decisions after this next event. Um, it's, it's become clear to me that there's always another event. Um, but have you noticed that when you're choosing to wait for the life thing that you know is best, there's always just another reason not to do it, right? There's always another event. Um, but we're choosing death and we're disguising it. As, as we're waiting for a better time, a more convenient time to engage in the life that God has for us. I was thinking about this and, and like, look at Adam and Eve were in the garden with God and they had the choice and they chose death. And we're like, well, I'm not gonna do it. I mean, they were there with him. I, I just feel like, look it, we're gonna do it. And so I, I just don't want you to be fooled also into thinking that it's an easy choice because look at Moses knew that the Israelites would not choose life. Otherwise, he wouldn't, have given them, he wouldn't have said that to them. He knew what they were gonna do. God knows that left to our own devices, we choose death. The whole narrative of the Bible is God sending his son to, like, God invites us into life, we choose death, he comes back and invites us, he sends his son. This is why Jesus had to come. You know, but here's the question, how do we, how do we choose life? Because that's awesome if we know we choose death. But, but the verse actually tells us. In 16 it says, I command you today. Love the Lord your God. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live in increase. It goes on in 20 to say, love the Lord your God. He's repeating it because we're not too bright. Listen to his voice, which is a lot like walk in obedience. And hold fast to him. Keep his decrees and laws. Again, like when they ask Jesus, what do we do? He's like, love the Lord your God. I mean, it's, he's like, we'll just tell him again and again. Because the only hope we have of choosing life is loving God. Listening to his voice, holding fast to him, and, and keeping his commands. And I think if we expect to consistently make a decision that leads to life and prosperity without, without Jesus, it's a fool's game. So without Jesus, we choose death, right? We might be fooled into thinking it's life. But if it's not connecting us to Jesus, it's not life. The Bible says he is the vine and we are the branches. So we need to be connected to the vine to choose life. I was recently, um, well, not recently now, but a few weeks ago, whatever, I was trimming my apple tree and I used that thing that I like to call the thing with the orange handle and the rope. I don't know, it cuts things very high. And um, I was cutting the branches, but since they were very high, I, didn't, I couldn't really tell like, if they were cut off all the way. And there was one that three or four days later was hanging there dead. And I was like, oh, shoot. But look it, I severed it, but I didn't sever it enough for it to fall to the ground. 
So the only hope for this little branch is for me to go pull it the rest of the way off or for it to hang there dead. I think we're, we're similar to the tree, except for we're not that sad little branch because if we get cut, there is an option for us to be reconnected. I lost my place. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, when we cut ourselves, we cut ourselves off from Jesus, we cease to be able to have life, but he's able and available to reconnect us. We, we disconnect ourselves, obviously, not by, but we do it through um, attitudes and choices that we make. We do it through judgment. We do it through certainty that we're right. We do it through bitterness and forgiveness, through anger and resentment, and I could probably spend 12 minutes listing ways we do it. But Jesus is willing to reconnect us to himself at a single request. He's we are continually needing to be re reconnected and he's continually available to make the connection. One way that I think we can stay um, connected to life is through community. I, we need to invite, when we invite people into relationship with us, they can help us see when we're not choosing life. But I, I say invite very specifically because very few people are gonna be brave enough to tell you when you're choosing death, even if you've invite, invited them into the conversation. So if you haven't invited them, I, I don't think they're gonna tell you, honestly. Um, as much as I, I wanted to hear what Juan had, I didn't wanna hear what Juan had to say to me about our marriage, about my happiness or whatever, I'm really grateful that he had the courage um, it felt like audacity in that moment, but that he had the courage to speak that truth to me. He was right. He actually was not making me unhappy. My fantasy of marriage was making me unhappy, and my unwillingness to shift was the cause. But he loved me enough to tell me the truth. Um, it didn't feel like a powerful gift in the moment, but 30-something um, years later, I can tell you that it changed us. It changed us forever. Um, I was recently in a conversation with a person who's connected to Jesus, and they, uh, were, they were really asking to hear God's voice on a certain topic, and they, they were telling me, like, I'm just not, God's not responding to me. And they, it's, they have experience. They've heard God before, so they knew what it sounds like, and, um, but they weren't hearing anything on this topic. And I asked, like, have you invited anyone else into the conversation? And this person's like, mm, no. <laughs> So I was like, hey, are you up for that? So we invited five people together and we got together and we asked God specifically about this, this topic. And the result was clear direction. It was, it was unbelievably clear direction, honestly. Um, and so I think the reason why community is so important is because at times you will not be able to hear God's voice maybe on your own behalf. And you will need people to listen for you and to help speak life into you. So I'm gonna wrap up by saying this. This is the hidden, not so hidden agenda of Humanity Church, that we want you to experience the amazing life-giving thing that Jesus is up to and the way that we really believe you're gonna do that is through groups. My whole message wasn't to get you in a group, but I'm just saying, look at you gotta surround yourself with people who care about you enough to tell you when you're not choosing life and to point you in the direction of where Jesus has you going. So 
Um, as you remember, we're gonna do some questions and um, my questions are gonna be up on the board in a second, I think. But the first one is, where are you currently settling for death in your life? And then the next one is, who are you connected to that loves you and loves God enough to call you back to life? So we're gonna do that. If you could get in groups of two or three and we'll do these questions for five minutes. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.